Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. All right, it is time now for the question of the day. The NFL draft is complete. BYU with five players drafted. Does this legitimize that 11-1 season? Does this wreck all the talk about soft schedule and these guys aren't really good, they didn't beat anybody, although they went to Boise State and blew out the Broncos, and the Broncos don't get handled like that very often. But does this do it for you? Now you're ready to sign off that BYU is really good. They are back. And the answer, PK, depends on whether you wear red or you wear blue. Are the Cougars validated? Well, if you're a BYU fan, absolutely. If you're a Ute fan, no, not really. Why not? Because they didn't play anybody. Here it is, Tanner. It doesn't. Their season was not impressive. They played high school equivalent teams, and the best team they played, Coastal Carolina, they lost. Well, so the best team, because you lost, because they beat you, does that make them the best team? Yeah, probably in his mind. Okay, how about in your mind? Uh, I don't know who would win if Coastal Carolina played Boise State. I mean, they're one of the better teams. I mean, they're ranked and their record looked good. I don't know their best team. Best team. Best team. I don't know their. um, You know, I don't know all the teams that they played, and do they have easy wins? I mean, you can drive yourself nuts with that. It's not a team we see very often. Just because you lose to somebody doesn't mean that's the best team on your schedule. I mean, under that logic, when Herbert was a senior at Oregon, then the best conference team that they played was ASU because ASU beat them. So that meant, under that poster's logic, ASU was better than Utah because ASU beat Oregon and Oregon drilled Utah. And we know that's not true. The Devils were not better than the Utes last uh, in the last full season. They weren't. So you just just because you lose to somebody doesn't mean that's the best team on your schedule. Troy says in a non-COVID year, Zach would be lucky to be drafted in the seventh round. Since they didn't play anyone, it made BYU look a lot better than they really are. Lucky to be drafted in the seventh round. He'd, He'd be in danger of falling to really undrafted. Stupid. Yeah. Who did, Nor- who did North Dakota State play? Because their quarterback went third. Uh, who did they play? I don't remember. They played one game. I don't remember who it was against. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's a – well, there's two different questions yep. there. Zach Wilson and the, and the BYU schedule and all that and the, and the season. I don't think that these guys getting drafted validated their season at all. What's going to validate their season, depending on your point of view as well, it's already validated or never be validated. But I think if they back it up with another good season, then people will say, and I think Jacob gets to this, it's a good start after dismal drafts over the past 15 years. If you win big and then you have a bunch of guys drafted and then you back it up by winning big and have a bunch of guys drafted, people are going to think you're a good program. Wasn't the last time they had this many guys was in 2000? 
That's what the press release at BYU sent out was. 2002, I believe. 2002? Yep, five guys also drafted that year. What did they do in 2002? Not much. I think they were five and seven. Yeah. Might have been four and eight, something like that. But they were under 500. That was during Croton's three-year run. Losing seasons, not getting uh, bowl eligible. His his first year, that going back to that 2000 season, that was the year Doman lit it up. But then the next three were, or it was 2001 the year they lit it up. So 02 would have been the first year they started struggling. Corey says after the season, I think it's great for them. Side note: the Utes all came back because of the COVID. Of the shortened COVID season. So the 2002 draft, of course, that's in the spring. The 2002 season is in the fall. So, so the 2002 draft would follow the 2001 season when right. they went. They started 12 and 0 and finished 12 and 2. Right. So that it so wasn't, it was following Doman's big year. It wasn't five You're and right. seven. You're right. So the last time they had. Five guys drafted was in 2002, which follows the 2001 season in which they were 12-2. and two. And then we go all the way here, all these years later, and they got five guys drafted, and their season was 11-1. and one. So <laughs> doesn't that season, the 12-2 and two season, sort of validate this season that they would have been good that's why I don't think it validates it, because I think they were good. They were going to be good. They played a ton of guys. I can remember standing off to the side, interviewing Eliza Tuiaki one-on-one, and we're done. And tape recorder is off. And that's, a lot, that, that's times that I love that. And I missed that with the COVID deal, but I understand it with the COVID deal, but I still missed it. And he's talking about the defense, obviously, because that's what he's in charge of. And he tells me about Chris Wilcox. Chris Wilcox? I had no idea who Chris Wilcox is. He says, when he gets the experience, he will be drafted in the NFL. Now, this was four friggin' years before it happened. And he said, because you look at his like the quote-unquote measurables, he's got it. He's got the size. He's got the weight. He's got the speed. He doesn't have the skill yet, but he'll get there. Now, he had a lot of injuries in his career, so it's cool to see him get to the other side of it and get himself drafted. But I can remember specifically Tuiaki telling me about that. These guys know what they're talking about. Uh, Robert and I once walking out of the football facility telling me about Daniel Coates going to play in the NFL because NFL people will love what he has to bring. Sure enough, it happened. So I don't need any schedule to validate it. Because I believe they were going to be good. They played all these guys for a number of years, and then they got it together, and they got the experience. And so they were good. So the last time they had five guys drafted was in 2001. And they were 12-2. and two. And now they have it again, and they're 11-2. and two. Well, you fans can't say, well, in, in 2001, they didn't play anybody because they played you. <laughs> right? <laughs> and you were in the same conference. So if that 2001 season was a bunch of crap based on a bunch of cupcakes, then so was your 2004, so was your 2008, and on and on and on. 
but they're not going to say that because they're in the same conference. And now they get all high and mighty and say, well, I didn't play anybody. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize Washington State was a power in football last year. They were awesome. <laughs> For the first half. <laughs> <laughs> then not so much. Yeah, I didn't realize Colorado, man. That Colorado ball club last year, one for the ages. Yeah, but if you don't want to admit they're any good, you're never going to admit they're any good. I mean, you can talk people into it forever, and we were talking about in the middle of the season how many guys the NFL liked and how many offensive linemen do they have who'd either get drafted or be you know fringe drafted guys, which we see with multiple offensive linemen Getting the free agent camp invites. Some guys will probably make it and some guys probably won't. That's the way that usually works. Yeah, well, you use logic to explain it. I use passion. Yep. Well, passion is why people (laughs) don't want to buy into it. Because they love the red and they loathe the blue. Well, those of you in red who scoff, you're wrong. So the question is, will they be able to back it up? Because that's ultimately what really matters. Well, that matters for this season, but that has no bearing on last season. Yeah, but I think the way college football works, you, uh, you build a rep. And if you have one good year, people shrug it off. And they'll find a way to dismiss it as fluky one way or another. You think Zach Wilson is shrugging it off? <laughs> he used it to draft, be draft number two. He signed for like $22, 23000000 million guaranteed. All right. <laughs> Let's have a party in the backyard. Go Cougars, but that money's already in his bank account. Sweet. It's not there <laughs> quite yet, but it'll be there shortly once he actually signs that contract. Uh, well, they're anticipating it then. The point is the same, and it's going to be there, whether it's today or tomorrow. And he's going to live in Morristown. Ah, spend many, many Many fine moments in Morristown. And that's the, as you know, the hub city for the county that he's going to play, that uh, that he's going to live in, which is Morris County. And my sister, how about this, went to Morris County Community College. What a small world. All right. (laughs) Ties back to the Kinahans. That's the important thing. I assume that gives him a short commute to the practice facility. You assume correct. Brad posts, uh, you know, does this validate the 11-1 season? He says, that's awesome. It's really nice to see the Cougars drafted again. The couching staff, I'm sure he meant coaching, the couching staff is doing things right at BYU. It's here for the couching staff. The couching staff. More NFL players, more advantages, more wins. More matchup advantages. Guys who can get it done. That's why coaches say players win games. Well, sure. The more NFL guys you have, obviously, the better you're going to be. And that's a sunrises in the East. We don't need Lester Holt to provide us with the opposite story on that because it speaks for itself. Yeah, I agree with Lester on that one. The five trillion other stories I have a problem about, but that one I agree with him. Yeah, the more NFL guys you have, the better off you're going to be. And it, I think it is a... Uh, What's the looking? What, what am I looking for? Uh, it is, uh, can't think of the word, but it is a credit, I guess, is probably the best word to the coaching staff. 
because, you know, they're not going to be able to just roll out there and, and as Norm Chow would say at SC, uh, we don't recruit, we evaluate. Well, at BYU, you have to identify. You can't just evaluate. You have to identify and then recruit and develop. So the task at BYU is imminently harder. I believe it's imminently harder than it is at Utah, who's a very good Pac-12 program. SC, obviously, historically, is a much better, the best. And so they can evaluate and pick off the best. Is he really the best? And, and go after him and have a good chance to get him. Uh, that's who they are. And Utah is in a much better spot than BYU to get those types of players themselves, although they'll do an excellent job, obviously, of identifying and developing. But that's essentially what BYU has to do. Almost literally every recruit is identify and then see if they could develop, right? Who was Dax Mill coming out of high school? He was a walk-on, wasn't he? He was a walk-on, and there's yeah. no chance he was on the uh, the NFL radar. No. And right. yet, his teammate, now he is. His teammate yeah. from Bingham actually got the scholarship. They both came in together. One was a walk-on, now in the NFL. The other has battled knee injuries for two years. Well, who the hell's the other one? Braden Cosper. He played a little bit last year, but he's okay. been out for a majority of his career so far. And now Dax Mill has an opportunity to play for the Pigskins. Yes, the Pigskins. That's awesome. If you get your way. Well, I get my way either way. Even if you don't give it to me, I still identify it. He's still going to call them the pigskins. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's incredible. And hats off to Tom Homo for charging through as all these other idiots didn't want to play. Great. How much money was cost? We'll never know. Does Dax Mill, does, is he getting drafted without Tom Homo and BYU forging through? Probably not. Probably not. Zach would, but Dak's probably not. Yeah, I don't think Zach goes two. Uh, so you really got to give a ton of credit to Tom and whoever was involved in that to keep forging and keep plowing ahead and, and finding ways to get out on that football field. Because these are job auditions for a lot of these kids. Not all of them, but some of them. And Dax Mill... And all the, the other four guys who were drafted and the other, what, seven guys who have opportunities to receive uh, invites to training camps. Yeah, I mean, that's just to get an invite, you got to be pretty doggone good, I believe. And with that in mind, uh, it's important because we see guys of free agents make the NFL all the time. It's not unheard of by any stretch. You know, that's uh, we can't even identify them where we can identify the loot. Lou Dort ones and Van Van Vliet ones because that doesn't happen very often. The Royce O'Neills of the world and Joe Ingles, you know what I mean? Look at you go. That was a good list right there. Well, they just Dort he scored Dort. those points yeah. against these guys and played in the Pac-12 and Freddie just played for Toronto the other night and then of course our own guys here in town. Yeah. But it's the impressive. NFL, they need 53 guys, and with injuries, right. they go through so many bodies, mm-hmm. so yeah. seven rounds isn't enough. Even if you load up and get the 8th, ninth, or 10th pick, it's not enough. Yeah, and you, you look at this, man. Is this, and we can get to this if you want. Is this a sign? Because it's important, as you say. I don't think it validates this season, validates last season. But as far as the program, the point that you were making is spot on. Is this something now that we can see? Because if you look at this, you know, the last defensive lineman drafted uh, was what? 
Scott Young, a fifth round pick in 2005. I'm looking at the thing that that uh, Brett Pine sent out. Uh, Dax Mill, the last uh, receiver drafted was Austin Collie in 09. That's just too long. And what was uh, what's the deal with uh, Wilcox? When's the last time they had a a, a defensive back Gray? Twenty in years. Nineteen ninety three. And think how much passing games have advanced at so many schools. It's not like nobody was throwing the ball in '93, but now almost everybody does. Yeah, for the sure. service academies are still running the options. Everybody doesn't, but most schools it's night and day. So whole leagues, the Big Twelve now versus then, the SEC now versus then, whole leagues. You, you got to have the AAC now versus then. And there was no then then for them, but I get your point. <laughs> Those Big East schools or Conference USA or whatever they were. I think that, and I think the number five is important for BYU too because when you look what other schools are doing and how many NFL guys they need to win, uh, we'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Registration is now open for Skyhawk Sports Academy summer camps. Join us for an action-packed, fun-filled summer of youth sports camps at a location near you. Choose between soccer, flag, football, fueled by USA football, golf, baseball, cheerleading, multi-sports camps, mini hot camps, and more. Find program info and register today at www.skyhawks.com. www.skyhawks.com. All right, PK, we're just talking about the five Cougars drafted, and you made the point that, hey, this isn't USC. They've got to be uh, USC. Norm Chow said, we evaluate. Here are a plethora of four- and five-star prospects. We choose you and not you. Yeah. We pick you, but not you. Meanwhile, USC, you got to identify, and then you got to recruit them, and then you got to develop them. BYU, but yeah. Excuse me, yes, BYU. So BYU with five, there were ten schools that had more uh, more players drafted, and then there were ten schools that had five drafted. And mostly, it reads like a hoo-hoo of college football. Right. The, the other schools had five drafted, USC, Texas, Oregon, Oklahoma. All right. And you get yeah. schools like that haven't been powers uh, in the way that those schools have been. You know, UCF, North Carolina, and BYU all had five guys drafted, and Kentucky had six. Now, it gets a little weird because you might have really good players who are in the next draft, or you might have had underclassmen come yeah. out. So you probably have to look at like two and three year averages. But Kentucky was six guys drafted. And they had a 10-win season, which I think is like their third or fourth ever. And they won 25 games in three years. And they haven't done that since Bear Bryant was coaching there. Right, in they're a lot better now. Yeah. Right. And it's just the, the, the you know, talent wins games. Coaches have told us over and over. And the NFL, of course they miss. And, you know, I don't know if a BYU guy or a Kentucky guy or a USC guy or an Oregon guy is going to be a bust. There will be busts sprinkled throughout all of this. But the the... The wins follow the talent, and the NFL scoops up the top talent. So I know that BYU schedule didn't look great, but you don't see teams that are four and eight and lousy teams getting all these guys drafted. It's you know it's Bama and Ohio State and Notre Dame and Oklahoma, Oregon and USC. I mean, it's the the teams that are getting five plus guys drafted are usually really good teams. I think they are. Yeah. yeah. Clemson. Yeah. Clemson had five drafted. Now, they I don't know how many they drafted last year. It may have been nine last year, and it may be eight next year. 
You know, so you ought to look at these two and three year averages to really evaluate programs. And that's why I think that it's a decent talking point today. But if you want to know if someone is really good, do they back it up with another good season? In which case, they're probably going to back it up with more good drafts. Oh, yeah, I agree. And there's, you have to look at it in a, a bigger a pool of evidence because Utah doesn't have any. But last year they had all those guys. And then this year, you know, they had so many young guys. And then the few guys who could have been draft eligible decide to come back. And so they're still uh, ranking in a five-year period. I think that I think they're still like second and third or third as far as the number of guys drafted in the NFL, and that's with having zero this year because of the circumstances. It's a circumstantial thing why they didn't have anybody this year. Everybody who follows Utah football to even the slightest degree understands that they may not be Alabama SEC-like, but they are basically an NFL factory and pro day at the University of Utah under normal circumstances is a big deal because there's a whole bunch of guys. So we understand that. For BYU, they're new to the game this year. Can they continue it? Well, I think it's imperative for them, as it is for any program really, if they want to be good year after year, just to have as many NFL guys as you could possibly have. Bronco Mendenhall was so off base on that when he was talking about he didn't know the NFL lifestyle. Shut up, Bronco. You're dead wrong. That's not you for Jake Caressa came on our air once and said that's not for Bronco to decide. That's for the individuals to decide. And I think he was trying to spin it because they didn't have uh, NFL guys. So try to spin it in a direction that's more positive for you. Uh, that's what everybody does, whatever you have to sell. And if something is a negative, well, you try to turn it into a positive. So, and Bronco was very, very good at that. And he was an excellent football coach, no question about it. But as far as these guys, they want to bring in NFL guys because NFL guys are going to help you win. And that's so important. And they had them this year. Now when they take the field next year, do they have them? Well, let's get through next season. And uh, this time next year, will be able to evaluate it. And you're going to need them because, sure, the schedule was weak. Everybody knows that. It was weak relative to the schedules that they normally play. That's obvious. And this year's schedule, COVID permitting, hopefully, will be much more difficult, and they'll have to be that much better. I think they would have been pretty good last year. And this, if you needed it to be validated, I think this clinches it and does evaluate, uh, validate it. I didn't because I expected them to be good. Maybe not 11-1 good, but if you're winning 8-9 ball games uh, with the schedule that they play, and the same thing for the Utes or any Pac-12 team, you're winning 8-9 ball games, I think, I think you're pretty good. I think the thing that validates it is the previous year. They were able to win at Tennessee. They beat USC at home in overtime. Place going nuts. Great game. Where they came up short was against the group of five teams. The teams are the core of this year's schedule. They blew the Hawaii game at the end in the fourth quarter. They could have, would have, should have won at Toledo at the end in the fourth quarter. Ditto for South Florida. Those are the three games that if they turn around, they have a really different season two years ago. It wasn't, oh, they can't beat these Power 5 schools, and then this year they didn't play the Power 5 schools. No, it was that they messed up winnable games in the fourth quarter against a group of five schools. That's what held them back. That's the reason they're not sitting on two really good years in a row. 
And it's because they couldn't handle a group of five schools on the road in the fourth quarter in a close game. Three times. All right, DJ and PK, time to welcome in the general manager from Syringa Networks, Gabe Gomez. And Gabe, you're standing by, ready to answer the phones here, ready to help people who are having issues with their internet, with the connectivity, and with really their, their ability to do business virtually. That is, that is correct. That is exactly what Syringa Networks is here to do, is really to enable and uh, empower businesses to be able to um, – be able to operate effectively and uh, securely when it comes to internet connectivity and uh, all sorts of other IT-related issues and things of that nature. I assume that as you work with uh, different businesses and different companies, you see a wide range of problems. One solution doesn't fit all. Yeah, that's correct. Every business is very unique in regards to the way they do things, the way they operate. And uh, at Syringa Networks, we you know we, we service... Uh, several thousand clients in the in the Utah market and really throughout the country as well. And so we have a pretty good vantage point into how businesses operate and what a lot of the, the unique needs are. And, and we have abilities to consult and help other businesses to, to, to take a little better look at the, perhaps how they operate their, their networks. So I assume that with uh, people doing business uh, multiple time zones all across the country, in some cases on different continents, that the uh, the ability to be there around the clock is critical. Oh, that's absolutely critical. Yeah, we have clients that, that indeed fit that description that they operate, you know, uh, 7 by 24 anywhere around the world. And so we do have a, a sta- uh, highly trained engineers and technicians that are readily, readily available via phone call, via via text, via email, um, and other other chat methods as well so that you can get a hold of any one of our, our technical personnel whenever, uh, whenever you're having an issue. So for people who have questions and are interested in knowing more, how do they get a hold of you and Syringa Networks? Well, they can certainly uh, hit up our website at www.syringanetworks.net or, or give us a call. We have a, a local presence here in Utah. We have a, a sales professionals and consultants that can, uh, that can uh, certainly help uh, individuals who are looking for a, a better way of, of connectivity, more secure way to, co- to, to connect their data networks. You can call Syringa Networks 385-420-7881. 385-420-7881 or go to syringanetworks.net. Gabe, thanks a lot. Thank you.